Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me Jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. In the previous episode, Peep explained why people often don't know where to look for the right tools. She goes on to explain the importance of problem identification and why people in companies like to jump to solutioning. She explained the importance of understanding how AI integrates with other technology to enable digital transformation. She expressed her concerns that the tools are chosen to serve companies at the expense of the people and how the rising use of AI lead to algorithm management impacting autonomy, tasks, and job complexity. This episode continued the part 3 conversation with Pip and Pip shared her view on the importance of talking about the business problems to understand how AI integrates with other technology and the rise of algorithm management. Let's continue. I think the first thing is to accept that AI may not solve the problem. <laughs> they, they, if they understand the problem deeply about In fact, if people don't know where to look for the tools, like if you can't express exactly what they need a tool to do, Regardless of whether any tool has got AI in it or not, then you don't understand your problem enough mm. what you are trying to accomplish with the tool. So that's the first thing you need to understand. And let me make it put in onboarding terms. So there's a huge number of onboardings, and they do very different things. If we were to say we need an onboarding tool for onboarding, it's a mind-blowing, mind-foggling option. If you say we are looking for an onboarding tool, to deal with a large volume of recruitment. So people are being on, there's multiple people being onboarded on a regular basis. We are at disparate or separated workplaces. So T's managed out of the Philippines, HR's managed out of India, something else is managed out of Singapore. So actually coordinating everything that needs to happen for onboarding an individual is very labor intensive because we are so spread out. So that's another thing that we need to solve. And the other thing would be that there's a lot of regulatory training, whatever it is that we're doing. Now, that company is looking for a very different technology or tool than someone that says, we, as a company built on innovation, when someone comes in, they need to integrate with the social network quickly. We need to connect them to people across the world effectively and quickly. They need to understand things in their network that we can help them. They've got to learn our collaboration tool very quickly and a communication tool effectively. If you have those two, they're very different onboarding tools. Once you understand the problem that you need to solve, what this do. So you don't start with the tech, you start with the problem. You start with what you need to achieve, what makes the difference. Then you come back to the tool. The AI, it really does a lot of the time because it is a bright choice thing. I think the AI is the trouble. <laughs> but I see that, and that could be wrong. HR is aware of why 
artificial intelligence tools that they are rightly concerned about it. So what to do about it is a whole other question. I have that lovely study that looked at startups in Europe quite a while ago that had AI in the table and they found that only 40% of them actually did. Because I get the aspect, just remember that AI, while we think it is new and cool, there are some new and cool techniques, like the clothing, but generally speaking, the chatbot with, is old enough. It's born in 1966. The AI is not new. So don't be blinded by the bright shining light of all these promises. The technology was in it. They're actually very old. <laughs> I, I agree with you. One of the best things to do is to first start with the problem, be very specific about the problem. And with much specificity of the problem, we will be able to discover what is the exact technological shirt to be able to solve. Now, talking about that, which comes back to the third point you say, be brave, right? So in the course of my recent career, talking to leaders, everybody just thinking about ideas and solutions, but they never talk about the problem. And it turns out that people don't like to talk about problems. Why do you think that they don't like to talk about problems? We human beings tend not to talk about things that are wrong. We feel like we're failing, we're failing as an organization. In fact, even if you table a slight issue in an organization, people will jump straight to solution. I also think we've been schooled in this way. As life got busier, as work got faster, we were expected to solve problems. And we were rewarded based on the solutions we apply, not our identification, standing and insight into a problem. It was never the analysis of the problem that was rewarded. It was always the solution. So I think that in many ways, as business over the last few decades, this has been, I guess we've been educated intellectually by the way that we are rewarding, the way that we recognize good businesses spend a lot of time in problem identification and understanding, delve deep and are quite happy to get dirty in talking about problems. But generally speaking, I, I think there's enough the average person, which is actually tested. Yeah, it sounds good. And we move quickly to solve. your boss is saying, so what are you going to do about it? Don't bring me a problem. Just bring me a solution. And I'll reward you if that comes back. Whether it's actually linked to solving that specific problem or whether it's just cool, that's almost by the by. <laughs> because the fact that like a lot of people, they are not trained to love to talk about the problem. But the more we don't talk about the problem, the more we don't understand the problem and therefore... All these solutions, this bling, bling, shiny stuff is like, oh, okay, this is a shiny thing. Okay. But you have a problem here. Put a bandaid, push it, see something stick. And it's like a vicious cycle. Nothing. Okay. Maybe a hundred projects, 99 will fail. And even that one that succeeds, it's not like a venture capital where one gets to become a unicorn, but it's just a more moderate success. Yeah. Look, I, I would agree. I, I see this. I'd see the path. Another good way of looking at it. I was just thinking, if you think about writing a CV. We never write how well we understood a problem, how well we analyzed a problem, we thought we were going to solve problems, but through our deep analysis investigation, we found another problem that we then went and solved. That's not what we write on our CD. We write around it. The fabulous thing. I mean, even in HR right now, you write, you've done this technology, you've solved that, and better still, we've done something in analytics. That's it. We've got the job. We've cool stuff. So it comes down to, again, what we are rewarded for, whether it is about how we get jobs, about how we present ourselves, about how we discuss it in the workplace. What is the answer? Oh, to be honest, going against the grain. And that goes for company and individual. If you want to be that truly successful 1%, then you must understand the problem that you are solving, the opportunity you're exploiting, 
And both of those don't just require insight into the problem and opportunity. It requires a good, deep understanding into the solution if you are using a technical solution. If you are using a technological tool, you must understand it deeply to be able to minimize and deal with the trade-offs. Because there's always going to be trade-offs. There's always going to be downside. And oftentimes, when we don't understand the tool well enough, we are unable to account for those. This is another conversation at a time. How do we create a culture or toolkit for people to talk about the problem and see it as a positive way so that the solution is not a shiny thing, but really solve the problem and everybody is happy instead of like, the kind of situation in the environment like, okay, this is the problem. Have you solved it? Why are you not solving it? When you solve it, and then you're coming back. I still don't understand the problem. What do you mean by you don't understand the problem? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, coming back to the interesting next question is, now C-Suite has agreed to skill its people, figure out the problem, be brave, take your courage, and start implementing AI. Where do you think that AI will occur in digital transformation? I think other than being sort of the poster child at the moment, it is just one of the multitude of tools. It might be the cool kid on the block. Actually, I think VR and extended reality is soon going to overtake. And artificial intelligence is going to be almost a bad boy because we haven't solved the ethics issue around it. So people are just going to go, oh, probably they don't realize that there's going to be even bigger ethics issues surrounding virtual reality because of the psychographic profiling can be done on the data flows collected through VR. But we'll get into that another day. <laughs> so I see AI as one of the tools in a toolkit for digital transformation. The problem is how we understand how we are using artificial intelligence. Let's say regression. We've had regression around the field. You know what? You may not need a neural network, the fancy thing, to do what you need to. You, regression may simply be sufficient. Whether you're looking at how you are stepping up. So when I say stepping up, if we think about it in the automation, are we talking about this and analytics with automation being at the end? Are we talking about descriptive? Are we talking about prescriptive or predictive? Just what is necessary in our arsenal. Therefore, what tool do we need? There's a reason even in war you have multiple types of guns, caliber of your rifle. And it's the same when it looks we're looking at its technology. It is our digital transformation toolkit. Artificial intelligence is one of them. We need to understand it deeply, the variations of AI and the variations of AI incorporated in other technologies. For example, RPA is a good one. There is RPA and there's cognitive RPA or intelligent RPA depending on which school you want to be in. Understanding how it integrates with other technology is equally important. What do you think about the impact of AI development on the future? Will it help or will it create more disruptions? What are your views on that? Yeah, there are a couple of, actually there's several areas that I have concerns about artificial intelligence generally. I'm not going to talk deeply about bias and discrimination because I'm sure most of our viewers know it and I'll just put it out there. Where I'm most concerned today is in the tool that we are choosing, they are designed or, or chosen to companies at the expense of the people. Let me give you an example. The difference between choosing a tool that would augment you in your job versus one that takes over from the interesting part and you lose agency, you are disempowered. I'll give you an example. There's a company I know, a small company, based in Western Australia, and Asia, Western Australia, one of the key industries is mining. Yes. Now, 
I'll put it out here first. I am not a geologist, but I understand that from very different from a topography point of view, you can determine what rocks live beneath that. If I flew over, I'd just see they stand. But a geologist sees different kinds of topography and understands what's under the ground. Now, there is a company that is using Joe to scour land for their geologists. So that it's a geologist company and they provide services to the mining industry. Now, what they did is they attached to drones cameras that go along and they analyze the topography, they analyze the land that they're flying over. Now, what they did do is they gave that data to the person, to the geologist, who would then incorporate it as they saw fit. They didn't have to incorporate it, but as they saw fit, is part of the recommendation they would be making to clients. Now, he, and I remember talking to him, he thought this was the technology, AI is fabulous. How could anyone not think it was fabulous? And I said, what would happen if you were taken out of the picture? Yeah. And all you did is put a reporting technology in between what, was, what came out of the drone, out of the AI, the platform that was analyzing what the drone was, the data that the drone was collecting, and that was an automated report directly to the client. And all you had to do was maintain the relationship with the client to buy that report. How would you feel about the technology then? Now, I, 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 it was a difficult question for him because he was so uncomfortable with the idea that his expertise as a geologist were clearly not required, that all he needed to be was an account manager. It changed his view of the technology. As companies adopting technology, we could go with option A or we could go with option B. There is an impact on the company, certainly the services that the companies provide, but there is a massive impact on the people. And I don't think that we truly understand the impact that these choices have on individuals. We're seeing a rise in digital terrorism where parts of jobs are being automated and the people are only doing what the technology can't do. Not what the, there's not a decision about what the technology should do and what should be less to people. People are just plugging the holes of what the technology could do. They went and is doing. So to everything that tech can do is being done by tech and we're still in the gap. We are servicing them rather than the other way around. We're seeing pushback on that and fundamentally algorithmic management. People who understand socio-technical systems will understand the rise in algorithmic management research. It's really only kicked off since about 2015 and it's still a relatively new area. But it is really interesting seeing how people are reacting to being directed by algorithms or having to work alongside an algorithm. Uber, back in the late 2010, mid-2020, the Uber driver jacked up, you might have remembered. They hated being working for an app and being told what to do and monitored by an algorithm. They rejected it completely. And I see a lot of other issues around this, whether it's monitoring, lots of goals, say, sort of scheduling, lots of performance management. There's a huge array of the way algorithms affecting our job. And the key issue that's under attack is autonomy, task significance, and job complexity. And any HR person will know that autonomy, task significance, and job complexity is what gets people up in the morning. These, these are core to engagement. These are core to performance. How good you feel in the workplace, how engaged, motivated, creative, 
and overall how satisfied you are. Now, HR gets involved in HR tech, but rarely are we getting involved in these types of discussions about how AI across different parts of the workplace is affecting our people through algorithmic management. So I think the future of work will only when if HR does not lean in and start participating in these conversations to make sure that human aspect is represented at the table. I sort of acknowledge like where you're coming from in terms of like that could be a green prospect in which that people see AI automation or algorithmic management as a way to replace what they love to do. So it's more like a substitutive. Yes, there is some level of substitution, but also on the other hand, there is also augmentation. In fact, that give you an example, I mentioned Excel. Like in the old days, you have to copy and paste. You take a receipt and just type it in. Now with zero and all this advanced software, you could just take a picture and it automatically digitize the word for word or number for number into Excel and thereby saving you the time to enter or to do data entry. And yes, Excel can even automate or zero, like the counting software can automate in terms of debit or credit. Yes. But that allows us more time to do the more interesting stuff, like thinking about, is this company making money or how can we help this company? Now, coming back to the mention about that geologist, of course, he will be very scared if everything is totally substituted. But has there been a situation in which that it doesn't substitute 100% of it, maybe 80% leaving him a lot of time to be creative, to dig deeper into his domain. What are your thoughts on that? Hi everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode. We have come to the end of part 3 with Pip. In the next episode, we will continue with Pip on part 4, which Pip talk about the importance of involving people in the development of AI in the course of creating the new job to alleviate their fears that AI will keep coming after them. She expressed her observation that this technological evolution and its adoption is different and she believed that its trajectory is different from many of what we have previously seen. Deep talked about her books and the importance of switching off X. Finally, she will share with us some career tips to build a career with AI. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends, family and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon. Thank you.